peace and blessings everyone i'm your host sean crystal parker and welcome to episode 40 of real shift happens so this episode we're talking about the cia released document detailing the gateway experience so stay tuned because trust me you don't want to miss a thing i go within walking in the fertile soil of my own being There, my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me. So this episode, we're talking about a document that was released by the CIA in 2003. And it details the Gateway Experience. And this is a program that was created by Robert Monroe of the Monroe Institute. And the document just really goes deep into out-of-body experiences, the holographic universe, time travel, and it's really detailed. So I'm going to go ahead and read the entire document in two parts. So in this episode, we'll get into part one. But first, let's go ahead and get into our five-minute focus shift right now. Returning to the source is serenity. We will now begin the meditation. Sit comfortably wherever you are and close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and release all of the tension from the day breathing in through your nose and breathing out the stress of the day at your own pace Breathe in through the nose, all the goodness that's coming to you. And breathe out all the tension and stress of the day and worries. Now, continue to breathe at your own pace, in through your nose, and out through your mouth, 
releasing any tension. And now, quietly in your mind, repeat these words. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Continue to repeat silently in your mind, breathing in and releasing through your mouth, breathing out. I am sorry. Please Forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. present moment awareness and yeah eyes are open you feel great I know <laughs> I know it feels good I do it every day <laughs> um but yeah even starting off with five minutes a day seriously you will see a huge improvement in the way you feel the way you sleep the way you think trust me trust me just give it a try every day okay um so without further ado let's get into the topic at hand so basically in 2003 the CIA released a document 
which covers an analysis of the Gateway Experience from the Monroe Institute. So this is a program that's currently offered. And if you go to the Monroe Institute's website, uh, just search up Monroe Institute, you'll see that they offer this program and several other programs, and they're made to expand your consciousness. And this is done through a technique that was created by Robert Monroe. And it's in this gateway experience. It's really the, the how he's teaching you the technique. And it's using binaural beats or frequencies that go from left to right in your ears and kind of a guided meditation. And if you follow this program, it will help you um, reach higher states of consciousness. So this document is really explaining all of that and more. And the funny thing is that I read a couple of books from Robert Monroe years ago. Um, I read Journeys Out of the Body and um, Ultimate Journey. And these are books about out-of-body experiences. Um, definitely check them out. He, um, he's detailing his experiences of having OBEs over a three-decade span. And um, he has a couple of other books out too. So definitely check him out. Check out the website. But anyway, I kept seeing all these social media posts about the CIA releasing this document on the Gateway Experience. And even though it was approved for release in 2003, and I think it was even written in the date on it is, let's see, um, June 9th, 1983, it was actually written, but it was released in 2003. Um, for some reason, it seems like it started to get, it started to get more popular last summer. At least that's when I started noticing like social posts about it. And if you, even now there's a lot of them out. Um, they were coming up in my feeds, but, um, I really didn't pay much attention to it and I didn't make that connection to the books, you know, because the books aren't called the gateway experience and, um, you know, I just wasn't paying attention. So then like a couple of months ago, another title came up in my YouTube feed which was like the CIA and the gateway experience, something, something. So I decided to watch it or actually listen to it. And it was the, you know, YouTuber reading the entire document from the CIA that was released. And I was, wow, like floored. First of all, I was just like, what? Um, because it goes into so much detail and, Basically, I knew that I had to go ahead and just read the whole thing here on my podcast because I know that my summary would not do it justice. Like, really, I, I need you to hear every word that they've printed, okay? Um, also, I'll leave a link so that you can check it out, too, um, because the CIA does have a library that you can access easily online. So anyway, um, also, yeah, I, I knew <laughs> once I had listened to that summary or that analysis by the CIA, um, that I wanted to try it myself as well, you know? So I searched up online 
and I've been using the method for the last couple of weeks and I can say that it is incredible and I'll definitely talk about my experience using this process in part two. So this is the CIA's official document analyzing and assessing the gateway experience by the Monroe Institute. Let's go ahead and get into it right now. Returning to the source is serenity. Dated June 9th, 1983. Subject, Analysis and Assessment of Gateway Process to Commander, U.S. Army Operational Group, Fort Meade. One, you task me to provide an assessment of the gateway experience in terms of its mechanics and ultimate practicality. As I set out to fulfill that task, it soon became clear that in order to assess the validity and practicality of the process, I needed to do enough supporting research and analysis to fully understand how and why the process works. Frankly, sir, that proved to be an extremely involved and difficult business. Initially, based on conversations with, with a physician who took the gateway training with me, I had recourse to the biomedical models developed by Itzak Bintoff to obtain information concerning the physical aspects of the process. Then I found it necessary to delve into various sources for information concerning quantum mechanics in order to be able to describe the nature and functioning of human consciousness. I had to be able to construct a scientifically valid and reasonably lucid model of how consciousness functions under the influence of the brain hemisphere synchronization technique employed by Gateway. Once this was done, the next step involved recourse to theoretical physics in order to explain the character of the time-space dimension and the means by which expanded human consciousness transcends, its, transcends it in achieving Gateway's objectives. Finally, I again found it necessary to use physics to bring the whole phenomenon of out-of-body states into the language of physical science to remove the stigma of its occult connotations and put it in a frame of reference suited to objective assessment. Two, I began the narrative by briefly profiling the fundamental biomedical factors affecting such related techniques as hypnosis, biofeedback, and transcendental meditation so that their objectives and mode of functioning could be compared in the reader's mind with the gateway experience as the model of its underlying mechanics. Additionally, that introductory material is useful in supporting the conclusions of the paper. I indicate that at the time these related techniques may provide useful entry points to accelerate movement into the gateway experience. Three, Niels Bohr, 
The renowned phys physicist once responded to his son's complaints about the obtuse nature of certain concepts in physics by saying, you are not thinking, you are merely being logical. The physics of altered human consciousness deals with some conceptualizations that are not easily grasped or visualized exclusively in the context of ordinary left brain linear, linear thinking. So to borrow Dr. Bohr's mode of expression, parts of this paper will require not only logic, but a touch of right brain intuitive insight to achieve a complete comfortable grasp of the concepts involved. Nevertheless, once that is done, I am confident that their construction and application will stand up to the test of rational critique. Four, paradoxically, having gone to such great lengths to avoid trying to render judgments based on an occult or dogmatic frame of reference, in the end, I found it necessary to return at least briefly to the question of the impact of the gateway experience on common belief systems. I did so because although it was essential to avoid attempting to render an assessment in the context of such systems, I felt that it was necessary after having completed the analysis to point out that the resulting conclusions do not do any violence to the fundamental mainstream of either Eastern or Western belief systems. Unless that point is clearly established, the danger exists that some people will reject the whole concept of the gateway experience in the mistaken belief that it contradicts and is therefore alien to all that they hold to be right and true. Five, this study is certainly not designed to be the last word on the subject, but I hope that the validity of its basic structure and of the fundamental concepts upon which it is based will make it use a useful guide USA INSCOM personnel who are required to take the gateway training or work with gateway materials. Signed, Wayne M. McDonald. The Gateway Experience, Brain Hemisphere Synchronization in Perspective. One, Introduction. In order to describe the Monroe Institute technique for the achieving altered states of consciousness, parentheses, quote, the gateway experience, in parentheses, involving brain hemisphere synchronization or hemisync, the most effective way to begin is to briefly profile the basic mechanics which underlie operation of related methods such as hypnosis, transcendental meditation, and biofeedback. It is easiest to effectively describe what gateway is by beginning with a short description of those associated techniques that share some common aspects with the gateway experience, but which are nevertheless different. In this way, we can develop a frame of reference at the outset, which will provide useful concepts to explain and understand gateway by comparison as we proceed. Two, hypnosis. According to theories of psychologist Ronald Stone and the biomedical engineering models of Itzhak Bentoff, hypnosis is basically a technique which permits acquisition of direct access to the sensory motor cortex and pleasure centers and 
lower cerebral portions of the right side of the human brain following successful disengagement of the stimulus screening function of the less left hemisphere of the brain. The left hemisphere of the brain is the self-cognitive, verbal, and linear reasoning component of the mind. It fulfills the function of screening incoming stimuli by categorizing, assessing, and assigning meaning prior to allowing passage to the right hemisphere of the brain or the mind. The right hemisphere, which functions as the non-critical, holistic, non-verbal, and pattern-oriented component of the brain, appears to accept what the left hemisphere passes to it without question. Consequently, if the left hemisphere can be distracted either through boredom or through reduction to a sporific semi-sleep state, external stimuli to include hypnotic suggestions are allowed to pass unchallenged into the right hemisphere where they are accepted and acted upon directly. The result may involve an emotional reaction originating in the lower cerebral region, sensory motor responses requiring involvement of the cortex, and so on. Both the sensory and the motor cortices of the right cerebral portion of the brain contain a sequence of points known as the homunculus, which corresponds to the points in the body. Stimulation of the corresponding area on the cortex causes intermediate response in the associated portion of the body. Consequently, induction of the suggestion that the left leg is numb if it reaches the right hemisphere unchallenged and is referred to the appropriate area of the sensory cortex will result in an electrical reaction being generated that will induce the feeling of numbness. Similarly, the suggestion that the person is experiencing a general feeling of happiness and well-being would be referred to the appropriate pleasure centers located in the lower cerebral portion or in the cortex of the right hemisphere, thereby inducing the suggested feeling of euphoria. Finally, suggestions such as one that informs the hypnotic subject that he enjoys enhanced concentration or powers of memory would be responded to in the right hemisphere by accessing unused information storage capacity normally held in reserve as a result of left hemisphere selection and control processes. This aspect will become significant in the context of the gateway process, which attention is given to examining the way that hypnosis may be used to accelerate progress in the early stages of the gateway experience. Three, transcendental meditation. On the other hand, transcendental meditation works in a distinctly different fashion. In this technique, Intense and protracted single-minded concentration on the process of drawing energy up the spinal cord, which ultimately results in what appears to be creation of acoustical standing waves in the cerebral ventricles, which are then conducted to the gray matter in the cerebral cortex on the right side of the brain. 
As a result, according to Bentoff, these waves will stimulate and eventually polarize the cortex in such a way that it will tend to conduct a signal along the homunculus, starting from the toes and on up. The Bentoff biomedical model, as described in a book by Lee Sanella, MD, entitled Kundalini Psychosis or Transcendence, states that the standing acoustical waves are the result of an altered rhythm of heart sounds, which are occasioned by prolonged practice of meditation, and which set up a sympathetic vibration in the walls of the fluid-filled cavities, which comprise the third and lateral ventricles of the brain. In addition, according to Bentoff, the states of bliss described by those who kundalini symptoms have completed to the full loop along the hemisphere may be explained as a self-stimulation of the pleasure centers in the brain caused by the circulation of a current along the sensory cortex. Bentoff also notes that most of the described symptoms start on the left side of the body which means that it is mostly a development occurring in the right hemisphere. Although normally a period of meditation involving intense concentration and practice for five years or some is required to bring up the Kundalini, Bentoff states that exposure to mechanical and acoustical vibrations in the range of four to seven hertz cycles per second for protracted periods may achieve the same effect. Bentoff cites, as an example, repeated riding in a car whose suspension and seat combination produce that range of vibration or being exposed for long periods of time to these frequencies caused, for instance, by an air conditioning duct. He also notes that the cumulative effect of these vibrations may be able to trigger a spontaneous physio kundalini sequence in susceptible people who have a particularly sensitive nervous system. 4. Biofeedback The third consciousness-altering methodology which will be briefly described is biofeedback. Biofeedback is somewhat unique in that it actually employs the self-cognitive powers of the left hemisphere to gain access to such areas of the right brain as the lower cerebral, motor and sensory cortes, cortices, and assorted pain and pleasure centers. Instead of suppressing the left hemisphere as it is done in hypnosis or largely bypassing and ignoring it as it is done in transcendental meditation, biofeedback teaches the left hemisphere First, to visualize the desired result and then to recognize the feelings associated with the experience of successful right hemisphere access to the specific lower cerebral cortex, pain or pleasure or other areas in the manner needed to produce the desired result. Special self-monitoring devices such as the digital thermometer are used to inform the left brain when it succeeds in keying the right hemisphere into accessing the appropriate area. Once this is done, 
the left brain can then repeatedly instruct the right brain to reestablish the pathways involved so as to produce the same external objective measures of success. In this way, the pathways are strengthened and emphasized to such an extent that left brain consciousness is enabled to access appropriate areas in the right brain using a conscious demand mode. For example, if the subject wishes to increase the circulation in the left leg in order to speed up healing, he may concentrate with his left brain on achieving that result while carefully monitoring a digital thermometer connected to the left leg. When the concentrated effort begins to achieve success, the digital monitor will register an increase in the temperature of the left leg. At that point, the subject can mentally, left brain, associate the sensations experienced with the result achieved and can begin to emphasize by memory recall the same process to cause its strengthening by affirmation and repetition. In this way, pain can be blocked, healing can be enhanced, malignant tumors can be apparently suppressed, and ultimately destroyed. The body's pleasure sensors can be stimulated and a variety of specific physiological results may be achieved. In addition, biofeedback may be used to greatly accelerate achievement of deep meditative states, particularly for beginners who have no experience in meditative techniques and whose progress in that methodology is enhanced through effective visualization and external objective affirmation. Display of the subject's brainwave pattern on a cathode ray tube has proven to be a laboratory validated means by which subjects may quickly learn to place themselves in a profoundly relaxed state characterized by the sort of quietude and singularity of mental focus associated with advanced meditation. 5. Gateway and Hemisync Now that we have briefly profiled the basic mechanics of the principal techniques for altering or expanding consciousness, which share some of the objectives and or methods employed in the gateway experience, we may proceed to focus on what that technique actually involves. Fundamentally, the gateway experience is a training system designed to bring enhanced strength, focus, and coherence to the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output between the left and right hemispheres so as to alter consciousness, moving it outside the physical sphere so as to ultimately escape even the restrictions of time and space. The participant then gains access to the various levels of intuitive knowledge which the universe offers. What differentiates the gateway experience from forms of meditation is its use of the hemisync technique, which is defined in a monograph by Monroe Institute trainer Melissa Jaeger or Jaeger as a state of consciousness defined when the EEG patterns of both of both hemispheres are simultaneously equal in amplitude and frequency. 
although hemisync seems to be rather rare and of only short duration in ordinary human consciousness, Melissa Yeager states that audio techniques developed by Bob Munro can induce and sustain hemisync with the Institute's basic Focus 3 tapes. She also notes that studies conducted by Elmer and Alice Green at the Menninger Foundation have shown that a subject with 20 years of sustain of training in Zen meditation could consistently establish hemisync at will, sustaining it for over 15 minutes. Dr. Stuart Twemlow, a psychiatrist and research associate of the Monroe Institute, reports that in our studies of the effect of the Monroe tape system on brain waves, we have found that the tapes encourage the focusing of brain energy. It can be measured, as with a light bulb in watts, into a narrower and narrower frequency band. This focusing of energy is not unlike the yoga concept of one-pointedness, which we may translate in Western terms as a single-mindedness. Dr. Twimlow goes on to observe that as the individual gets into the tapes beyond Focus 3, there is a gradual increase in brainwave size, which is a measure of brain energy or power. 6. Lamp versus Laser Melissa Yeager uses a metaphor to help clarify the process involved in the use of hemisync in the gateway experience. She points out that the human mind in its natural state may be likened to an ordinary lamp which expends energy in the form of both heat and light, but in a chaotic, incoherent way which diffuses its energy over a wide area of rather limited depth. On the other hand, the human mind under the discipline of hemisync acts after the fashion of a laser beam, which produces a disciplined stream of light. The stream of energy is, is projected with total coherence of both frequency and amplitude, such that the surface area of a laser beam contains billions of times the concentrated energy found in a similar surface area on the sun gateway assumes that once the frequency and amplitude of the human brain are rendered coherent, it is possible to begin accelerating both both so that the human mind is so resonating at even higher vibrational levels. The mind can then bring itself into synchronization with more sophisticated and rarefied energy levels in the universe. The mind, when operating at these increasingly rarefied levels, is assumed to be capable of processing the information thus received through the same fundamental matrix by which it makes sense of ordinary physical sensory input to achieve meaning in a cognitive context. Such meaning is usually perceived visually in the form of symbols, but may also be perceived as astonishing flashes of holistic intuition, or even in the form of scenarios involving both visual and oral, as in aura, perception. 
the mechanics by which the mind exercises the consciousness function will be addressed in more detail later in this paper. Seven, frequency following response. To achieve synchronization of brain hemispheres, the hemisync technique takes advantage of a phenomenon known as the frequency following response. FFR, which means that if a subject hears a sound produced at a frequency which emulates one of those associated with the operation of the human brain, the brain will try to mimic the same frequency pattern by adjusting its brainwave output. Therefore, if the subject is in a fully awake state, but hears a sound frequency which approximates brainwave output, at the theta level, the subject's brain will endeavor to alter its brainwave pattern from the normal beta to the theta level. Since the theta level is associated with sleep, the subject concerned may progress from a fully awake to a sleep state, provided that he does not consciously resist. As the brain strives to entrain its wave frequency output with one which the person hears. Since these brain wave frequencies are outside the spectrum of sound, which can be heard in a pure form by the human ear, hemisync must produce them based on another phenomenon known as the brain's capacity for deducing beat frequencies. If the human brain ex is exposed to one frequency in the left ear, which is 10 hertz below another audible frequency played in the right ear, rather than hearing either of the two audible frequencies, the brain chooses to hear the difference between them, the beat frequency, thus availing itself of the FFR phenomenon. And using the technique of the beat frequency, the gate system uses a hemisync and other audio techniques to employ the FFR phenomenon to introduce a variety of frequencies which are played at a virtually subliminal, marginally audible level. The object is to relax the left hemisphere of the brain, place the physical body in a virtual sleep state, and bring the left and right hemispheres into coherence under conditions designed to promote the production of even higher amplitude and frequency of brainwave output. Audible and perhaps subliminal suggestions by Bob Monroe accompany, accompany the various brainwave frequencies, which are sometimes rolled in together with other sounds such as sea surf to mask the sound frequencies where desirable. In this way, Gateway endeavors to provide the subject with the tools by which he may alter his consciousness based on his own volition over time through the repetitive use of the tapes so as to access, via intuitive means, new categories of information not available to ordinary consciousness. 8. Role of Resonance However, Brain coherence through entertainment to beat frequencies introduced via stereo headphones is only part of the reason why the gateway system works. 
It is also designed to achieve the physical quietude characteristic of deep transcendental meditative states, which brings about a complete alteration of the fundamental resonance pattern associated with the sound frequencies produced by the human body. Yoga, Zen, or transcendental meditation, if practiced long enough, will produce a change in the sound frequency with which the human heart resonates throughout the entire body. According to Bentov, this change in resonance results from elimination of what the medical profession calls the bifurcation echo, so that the sound of the heartbeat can move synchronously up and down the circulatory system in harmonious resonance approximately seven times a second. Bentov describes the role played by the bifurcation echo as follows. When the left ventricle of the heart ejects blood, the aorta, being elastic, balloons out just beyond the valve and causes a pressure pulse to travel down along the aorta. When the pressure pulse reaches the bifurcation in the lower abdomen, which is where the aorta forks in two to go into the legs, part of the pressure pulse rebounds and starts traveling up the aorta. If in the meantime, the heart ejects more blood and a new pressure pulse is traveling down, these two pressure points will eventually collide somewhere along the aorta and produce an interference pattern. By placing the body in a sleep-like state, the gateway tapes achieve the same goal as meditation in that it places the body in such a profoundly relaxed state that the bifurcation echo slowly fades away as the heart lessens the force and frequency with which it pushes blood into the aorta. The result is a regular rhythmic sin wave pattern of sound, which echoes throughout the body and rises up into the head in sustained resonance. The amplitude of this sin wave pattern, when measured with a sensitive seismograph type instrument, is about three times the average sound volume produced by the heart when it is operating normally. Nine, brain stimulation. Bentoff's biomedical model shows that this resonance is of considerable importance since it is directly transmitted to and impacts upon the brain. The resulting vibration is received and transmitted into the brain itself via the fluid-filled third and left ventricles located above the brainstem. In electromagnetic pulse is then generated which stimulates the brain to raise the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output just as Dr. Twimlow observed in his research on the effects of the hemisync tapes. Also the brain is contained in a tight membrane called the dura which is in turn cushioned by a thin layer of fluid located between it and the skull. As the coherent resonance produced by the human heart in a state of profound relaxation reaches the fluid layer surrounding the brain, it sets up a rhythmic 
pattern in which the brain moves up and down approximately 0 0.005 to 0.010 milliliters in a continuous pattern. The self-reinforcing character of resonant behavior accounts for the body's ability to sustain this movement despite the minimal level of energy involved. In this way, the entire body, based on its own micromotion, functions as a tuned vibrational system which transfers energy in a range of between 6.8 and 7.5 hertz into the Earth's ionospheric cavity, which itself resonates at about 7 to 7.5 hertz. Of this process, Bentov states, this is occurring at a very long wavelength of about 40,000 kilometers, or just about the perimeter of the planet. In other words, the signal from the movement of our bodies will travel around the world in about one-seventh of a second through the electrostatic field in which we are embedded. Such a long wavelength knows no obstacles, and its strengths do not attenuate much over large dis distances. Naturally, it will go through just about anything, metal, concrete, water, and the fields making up our bodies. It is the ideal medium for conveying a telepathic signal. Consequently, the gateway process is designed to rather rapidly induce a state of profound calm within the nervous system and to significantly lower blood pressure to cause the circulatory system, skeleton, and all other physical organ systems to begin vibrating coherently at approximately 7 to 7.5 cycles per second. The resulting resonance sets up a regular repetitive sound wave, which propagates in consonance with the electrostatic field of the earth. 10. Energy Entrainment As the body is turned into a coherent oscillator vibrating in harmony with the surrounding electrostatic medium, the specific exercises included in the gateway tapes enjoin the participant to build up the energy field surrounding his body, presumably by using energy from the earth's field which the body is now in training because of its ability to resonate with it. This puts the body's energy field into homogeneity with its surrounding environment and promotes movement of the seat of consciousness into the surrounding environment, partly in response to the fact that the two electromagnetic mediums are now a single energy continuum. Thus, the same process which moves the brain into focus coherence at steadily higher levels of frequency and amplitude so as to entrain analogous frequencies in the universe for data collection also promotes enhancement of bodily energy levels to a point adequate to permit the subject to experience an out-of-body movement when he is ready to do so. More will be said about this topic later. In addition, by resonating with the Earth's 
electromagnetic sphere, the human body creates a surprisingly powerful carrier wave to assist the mind in communication activity with with other human minds similarly tuned. 11. Consciousness and Energy Before our explanation can proceed any further, it is essential to define the mechanism by which the human mind exercises the function known as consciousness and to describe the way in which that consciousness operates to deduce meaning from the stimuli which it receives. To do this, we will first consider the fundamental character of the material world in which we have our physical existence in order to accurately perceive the raw stuff with which our consciousness must work. The first point which needs to be made is that the two terms, matter and energy, tend to be misleading if taken to indicate two indistinctly or I'm sorry, two distinctly different states of existence in the physical world that we know it. Indeed, if the term matter is taken to mean solid substance as opposed to energy, which is understood to mean a force of some sort, then the use of the former is entirely misleading. Science now knows that both the electrons which spin in the energy field located around the nucleus of the atom and the nucleus itself are made up of nothing more than oscillating energy grids. Solid matter in the strict construction of the term simply does not exist. Rather, atomic structure is composed of oscillating energy grids surrounding by other oscillating energy grids which orbit at extremely high speeds. In his book, Stalking the Wild Pendulum, Itzhak Bentov gives the following figures. The energy grid, which composed the nucleus of the atom, vibrates at approximately 10 to the 22nd power hertz, which means 10 followed by 22 zeros. At 70 degrees Fahrenheit, an atom oscillates at the rate of 10 to the 15th power hertz. An entire molecule composed of a number of atoms bound together in a single energy field vibrates in the range of 10 to the 9th power hertz. A live human cell vibrates at approximately 10 to the 3rd power hertz. The point to be made is that the entire human being, brain, consciousness, and all is like the universe which surrounds him. Nothing more or less than an extraordinarily complex system of energy fields. The so-called states of matter are actually variances in the state of energy. And human consciousness is a function of the interaction of energy in two opposite states, motion versus rest, in a manner described in the following paragraph. 12. Holograms. Energy creates stores, and retrieves meaning in the universe by projecting or expanding at certain frequencies in a three-dimensional mode that creates a living pattern called a hologram. The concept of the hologram can most easily 
be understood by using an example cited by Bentov, in which he asked the reader to visualize a bowl full of water into which three pebbles are dropped. As the ripples created by the simultaneous entry of the three pebbles radiate outward towards the rim of the bowl, Bentov further asked the reader to visualize that the surface of the water is suddenly flash frozen so that the ripple pattern is preserved instantly. The ice is removed, leaving the three petal pebbles still laying at the bottom of the bowl. Then the ice is exposed to a powerful, coherent source of light, such as a laser. The result will be a three-dimensional model or representation of the position of the three pebbles suspended in midair. Holograms are capable of encoding so much detail that, for example, it is possible to take a holographic projection of a glass of swamp water and view it under magnification to see small organisms not visible to the naked eye when the glass of water itself is examined. The whole concept of holography, despite its scientific implications, has only been known to the physicists since the underlying mathematical principles were worked out by Dennis Gabor in 1947. He later won a Nobel uh, Prize for his work. Laboratory demonstration of Gabor's work only occurred years later following invention of the laser. As biologist Lyle Watson explains, the purest kind of light available to us is one that is produced by a laser, which sends out a beam in which all the waves are of one frequency, like those made by an ideal pebble in a perfect pond. When two laser beams touch, they produce an interference pattern of light and dark ripples that can be recorded on a photographic plate. And if one of the beams, instead of coming directly from the laser, is reflected first off an object, such as a human face, the resulting pattern will be very complex indeed, but it can still be recorded. The record will be a hologram of the face. 13. The part encodes the whole. Of further importance, is the fact that even if we dropped our frozen hologram of the ripple pattern on the floor and broke it into a number of pieces, each individual piece would recreate the entire holographic image all by itself. The smaller the piece, the fuzzier and more distorted would be the resulting holographic projection, but the fact remains that a whole projection would nonetheless be made. The key to creating any hologram is that energy in motion must interact with energy in a state of rest, non-motion. In the foregoing example, the pebbles represent energy in motion while the water, before its agitation by the pebbles, represents energy at a state of rest. To activate or, in effect, to perceive the meaning of a holograph, energy, in this case a coherent light source, source such as a laser beam, must be passed through the interference pattern generated by interaction between the moving energy 
and the energy at rest. In the simple example given by Bentov, this requirement was fulfilled by holding the frozen interference pattern in front of the coherent light to project the three-dimensional holographic image, its meaning into space. As Marilyn Ferguson, editor of the Brain Mind Bulletin tells us, another feature of a hologram is its efficiency. Billions of bits of information can be stored in a tiny space. The pattern of the holographic photograph is stored everywhere on the plate. 14. The Consciousness Matrix The universe is composed of interacting energy fields, some at rest and some in motion. It is in and of itself one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity. According to the theories of Carl Prebram, a neuroscientist at Stanford University, and David Bohm, a physicist at the University of London, the human mind is also a hologram which attunes itself to the universal hologram by the medium of energy exchange, thereby deducing meaning and achieving the state which, the state which we call consciousness. With respect to states of expanded or altered consciousness, such as gateway uses, the process operates in the following way. As energy passes through various aspects of the universal hologram and is perceived by the electrostatic fields which comprise the human mind, the holographic images being conveyed are projected upon those electrostatic fields of the mind and are perceived or understood to the extent that the electrostatic field is operating at a frequency and amplitude that can harmonize with and therefore read the energy carrier wave pattern passing through it. Changes in the frequency and amplitude of the electrostatic field which comprise the human mind determines the configuration and hence the character of the holographic energy matrix, which the mind projects to the intercept, meaning directly from the holographic transmissions of the universe. Then, to make sense of what the holographic image is saying to it, the mind proceeds to compare the image just received with itself. Specifically, it does this by comparing the image received with that part of its own hologram, which constitutes memory. By registering differences in geometric form and in energy frequency, the consciousness perceives, perceives. <laughs> As psychologist Keith Floyd puts it, contrary to what everyone knows is so, it may not be the brain that produces consciousness, but rather consciousness that, that creates the appearance of the brain. 15. Brain in phase. The consciousness process is most easily envisaged if we picture the holographic input with a three-dimensional grid system superimposed over such that all of the energy patterns contained within can be described in terms of three-dimensional geometry using mathematics to reduce the data 
to two-dimensional form. Bentov states that scientists suspect that the human mind operates on a simple binary go-no-go no go system, as do all digital computers. Therefore, once it superimposes a three-dimensional matrix over holographic information it wishes to interpret and reduces that information mathematically to two-dimensional form, it can completely process it using its fundamental binary system, just as any computer made by the hand of man can process volumes of data and make various comparisons between the data and information stored in its digital memory. Our minds operate in the same way, perceiving by comparison only. Ben Tov states that states the proposition this way. Our whole reality is constructed by constantly making such comparisons. Whenever we perceive something, we always perceive differences only. In states of expanded consciousness, the right hemisphere of the human brain in its holistic, nonlinear, and nonverbal mode of functioning acts as the primary matrix or receptor for this holographic input, while by operating in phase or, or coherence with the right brain, the left hemisphere provides the secondary matrix through its binary computer-like method of functioning to screen further the data by comparison and reduce it to a discrete two-dimensional form. 16. Evaluation to the extent that Gateway succeeds in bringing about a refinement in energy matrix of the mind, it succeeds in expanding or altering human consciousness so that it can perceive without recourse to the intercession of the physical senses such that evermore of the universal hologram, not of course accessible by sense perception, can ultimately be perceived and understood. Marilyn Ferguson has written that the theories of Prebram and Bohm appear to account for all transcendental experience, paranormal events, and normal perceptual oddities. She goes on to say of Prebram, Currently, he is proposing a startling all-encompassing model that is generating considerable excitement among those intrigued by the mysteries of human consciousness. His holographic model marries brain research to theoretical physics. It accounts for normal perception and simultaneously takes the paranormal and transcendental experiences out of the supernatural by explaining them as a part of nature. Like certain strange discoveries of quantum physics, the radical reorientation of this theory suddenly makes sense of paradoxical sayings of mystics throughout the ages. 17. Self-Cognition To complete our outline of the process by which the mind achieves and exercises consciousness, we must also describe the mechanism which accounts for the aspect of human thought that differentiates it from the consciousness of plants or animals, i.e. 
self-cognition. Humans not only know, but they know that they know. They are able to monitor the process, process of their own thinking and maintain an awareness of it. Moreover, they can conduct a comparative assessment evaluating the functioning of their thought processes against various objective standards they have adopted. Human consciousness can do this because it has the capacity to duplicate aspects of its own hologram, project them out, perceive that projection, put it through comparison with the memory aspect of its own hologram, where its evaluation standards of measures are stored, and measure or sense the differences using three-dimensional geometry, and then binary go, no-go, pulse to yield verbal cognition about the self. 18. Time-space dimension. Up to this point, our discussion of the gateway process has been relatively simple and easy to follow. Now the fun begins. Gateway involves more than just perception of those aspects of the universal hologram, which can be accessed in the dimension of time-space as we know it. To explain how and why human consciousness can be brought to transcend the limitations of time-space is the next task which must be addressed. To do this, we must first appreciate what time and space are in order to understand how the dimension that they constitute can be transcended. Physicists define time as a measurement of energy or force in motion. In other words, it is a measurement of change. However, in order for energy to be in motion, it must first be limited in some way within the confines of some sort of vibratory pattern so that its confinement gives it the capacity for being contained at a specific location which is distinguishable from other locations, space. Energy, which is not confined, is force without limit, without dimension, and without the limits of form. It is infinity, cannot move because there is nothing beyond infinity, and is therefore outside of the dimension of time. It is also beyond space because that concept implies that a specific energy form is limited to a specific location and is absent from other locations. But if energy is in the state of infinity, there are no boundaries, no here to differentiate from there, no sense of area. Energy in infinity means energy unformally extended without limit. It has no beginning, no end, no location. It is conscious force, the fundamental primal power of existence without form, a state of infinite being. Energy in infinity is said to be completely at rest and therefore cannot generate holograms so long as it remains utterly inactive. It retains its inherent capacity for consciousness 
in that it can receive and passively perceive holograms generated by energy in motion out in the various dimensions which make up the created universe, but it cannot be perceived by consciousness operating in the active universe. Energy in this state of inactive infinity is termed by physicists as energy in its absolute state, or simply the absolute. Between the absolute and the material universe in which we experience our physical existence are various intervening dimensions to which human consciousness in altered states of being may gain access. Theoretically, human consciousness may continue to expand the horizons of its perceptual capability until it reaches the dimension of the absolute, at which point perception stops because the absolute generates no holograms of or about itself. And we're going to go ahead and stop there. And that's about halfway through the document. As you can see, it's pretty lengthy and pretty detailed with some juicy, juicy tidbits. Um, you know, just to touch on <laughs> a little bit, man, we got so much there. Um, self-cognition, talking about time-space continuum, um, the holographic universe, um, how transcendental meditation and how uh, compares to, you know, biofeedback and hologram, all of these things, so much to unpack, right? We are going to just let that all marinate. And next podcast, we will start with number 19, um, and it goes all the way to number 30, but like I said, now it's getting pretty, pretty deep. If you thought the beginning was deep, wait until you hear the rest. And on that note, I think I'll wrap it up here. And until next time, what do we do? We must do the inner work and create a shift in our own consciousness, which will create a shift in the collective consciousness. That's the goal. And hey, guys, don't forget, you can support the podcast at anchor.fm slash real shift happens. And you can also leave us a message there. I'd love to hear from you. Um, subscribe to real shift happens wellness podcast on any of the podcast platforms out there. We're on all of them. And definitely don't forget, we're going to be uh reviewing The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton for the Real Shift Book Club for February. And we'll talk about that the last week of February. So definitely get that book. And you can get that book if you're like me um, and you like to just listen to audiobooks in the background. You can get it on Audible through our members our actual um, link go to audibletrial.com slash real shift happens and you can get 30 days for free and your first audiobook download for free so you can pick up the biology belief of belief by bruce lipton or um you can also pick that up on amazon or you can pick up any book you want definitely pick up a book 
It's so helpful to read, even if you're just listening to it. (laughs) So anyway, until next time, real shifters go within and make real shift happen. Peace. Thank you.